We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Can you spit something? Me spit some right now? Oh, come on. Yeah. All right. What MCs All right, do. Man. Come on, man. That's what MCs do. That is what we do. We ain't got no beat. We ain't got no nothing. You want acapella? Who we doing? Yeah, acapella. Because I can't man. beatbox. I said, um, what I said. I said, if it's not about making money, conversations ridiculous. I'm quick to knock the bull ish like Jehovah's Witness. I bear my soul like I'm walking shoeless. They say if you don't use it, you'll just lose it. That's why I got to use my mind. That's a brain contusion. Because all this stuff could be gone tomorrow. Yeah, it's all illusion. A rapping comedy on some saying stuff. I'm just doing fusion. It's broken bones, so I'm making myself a staple in fusion. I just need a chance for y'all to film me. Color purple with this rap. I'm just feeling silly. But shit, I feel silly when I'm talented in two departments. I got a straight. I got an Iron Man, Tony Stark. It. I said my fam, I.O.I. like the name Partridge. Only true colors found up in an empty cartridge. Listen to me close and take a harking. We got company now, dog, so you can stop your damn barking. I'm on the path to be the effing greatest. A lot of haters. That's why I can't vacate on my hiatus. Now, we can never say a hiatus. We'll just say work. No days off. That's success. That's equation. Got to stay ahead. That's the tip. Call it penetration. Proving everybody wrong. That's my inspiration. They starting to put out all my information. It's annoying, but everybody around me is like, dog, that just means you made it. A public figure, but I kind of hate it. I get stresses, all this work, and I'm still underrated. And that just got me feeling so jaded. Because if your accomplishments are never acknowledged, have you really made it? I'm too conscious to be in public faded, so I do it behind. Closed doors like a broad persuasion. They say, if you rap, what you talk about? To the amazement, I got it, baby. So look who's talking now. Hitting every wave like I'm trying to drown. With these women, I see through all this puss ultrasound. I was 21, my peers said I'd be a co-kid. I prefer Pepsi products, brother. Mountain Dew, cold red. I'm like, I got too much ambition to be a red nose. This statement was ruled off the fact that only God knows, really. I'm the only person talented enough to pull a Eddie Murphy. These other brothers just ain't effing worthy. You heard me? Bow. Ooh, that was hot. Jay Farrow is more than just a real MC. He's also a comedian who's on the brink of a major stand-up breakthrough. I always had the confidence on stage, but being confident in myself was something that I didn't really have, which relates to my character, DeAndre McDonald, believing in yourself. You know, stage presence, of course, you can have a powerful stage presence. You can be powerful on stage, but can you be powerful to be able to put you up? fully. I didn't have that before. You know, I'm confident. I'm confident on stage, but confident on stage and confident in yourself are two different things. Now I have both. It's not a, (laughs) there's not a stage I won't attack. 
There's not anybody I'm scared to follow. People be scared to follow me. Hey, you, hey, I'm going to light it up. I think all of that put together with your authenticity, I believe that is the key making to getting to that level. And I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm going there. Watch out for Jay to do big things on the stage very soon. He's already hot on the big screen with Justin Simeon's Bad Hair coming out soon and Two Minutes to Fame out now. He's also got a crazy story to tell about getting violently stopped by the LAPD recently that kind of changed his life. For now, it's Jay Farrow on Touré Show. So, so, so first thing, yo, what happened with the popo? They, they hung you up, dog. What happened? Uh, well, I was, I was exercising, running down Ventura, man. And, um, uh, unfortunately, um, I was wrongfully detained. I, um, cop put his knee on me, man. I On your I, neck? Uh, yeah, you saw, bro, you saw, it wasn't like George, it wasn't an eight minute and, and 46 second George Floyd situation, but it was enough for me to just wake up as a black person in America and say, dang, man, this, everything that I see on television, I see the, the situations, when you see George Floyd and you see Ahmaud Arbery and when you see Breonna Taylor, when you see Trayvon Martin and when you see Rashard Brooks and when you see all of these people who lost their lives and when you're put in a similar situation, you it just makes you even more infuriated and it makes you want to seek out justice even more, dude. So um, let me go back to the situation. So I get put, they put me on the ground. And keep in mind, like I'm saying, I'm running. This is doing Rona. This is the height of Corona. This happened April the 26th, right? April the 26th. Um, I got this thing called the Run Tracker app, so right. And um, if <laughs> if the Run Tracker app had told me to run at that time instead of being on a slowdown, because I was on a slowdown, so what it does is it makes you run for like 16 minutes. 20 minutes and you'll walk for a minute, two minutes, and then you'll, you'll continue, right? All until you get back. And it says, uh, all until it says you're completed, you've completed your goal. Cause it's trying to build you up to like a, a 10 K or whatever. Cause I didn't want to get over. I didn't want to be overweight doing the Rona thing. So, but if that app would have told me to run through that situation, I was walking. If I was running, I had my Bose headphones on. And the cop did have his gun out. He had his gun out. And then the other officers that pulled up, they did too. Let's say I hadn't have heard them because I had those noise, noise canceling headphones on. It was a miracle that I looked to my left and I saw him with the gun raised. Um, it would have been a, it would have been a different situation had I been running through that whole thing, man. Because when you can't hear a police officer telling you what to they get, do, they get you're resisting arrest. What right? are you th- what were you thinking? What were you feeling when they're they're running up on you? They got you down. They got you cuffed. Like what? What's going on? Uh first, first it was you know you, you're scared. I don't know what's going on. Um, I'm confused, flabbergasted, and mad all in the same 
all and embarrassed. You have a cocktail of emotions and feelings. And dude, um, I like I've never been in a situation like that. Like I had def- I've been pulled over before. That's but there's never been an officer with a with guns out coming towards me, ordering me to get on the corona ground. The ground when COVID is higher. I'm sweating. My chest is wet. I have a wet, I sweat a lot. You know, I perspirate quite frequently, you know? I, I, it's just something, it's, you know, you can blame my mom. I think my mom sweats a lot. My pop probably does too. You know, they, they sweat. We sweaters, you know? That's how you can tell when things get passionate. Ooh, ooh he really into it. He's sweating. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so I'm sweating. They got me on the ground. They don't have on masks. They don't have on gloves. Nothing, man. And they're, they literally, while they're on me, they look at me and they say, after they get up, they were on me, they got up, they go, okay, stand up. How? I'm in cuffs. I've never been in cuffs before. Torre, literally the running tracker app told me while I was on the ground, it said, run. I said, I can't. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You need to stop right now. Dude. Read the I, room, run tracker. Yeah, I'm just, yo, yo exactly, exactly. I'm going to need you to look, look, look at the room. Just get the temperature of the audience right now, you know. <laughs> just give it a little feel. Um, What I am glad, man, I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I have my life uh, because a lot of situations uh, don't end up like that, you know. Um, And uh, when you pull somebody up, and then you ask me <laughs> after you pull me up to, do you want to sit down on the ground? I'm like, no, I want to stand because already I'm frustrated. I'm hot. You're stopping my workout. I didn't do anything. And if you Google Jay Farrow, you will see that you were making a serious mistake. Do you have your ID? No, I don't have my ID on me because I'm running. I live here. I live right down. I live right down the street. Well, what's your address? I'm not telling you my address. Why would I want to tell you my address? Are you kidding me? So you can show, so so you can label whatever you're doing. You can you can type it in and have some type of record. I don't know what the cops are doing. I just, you know how black people are. So we we don't like giving out a lot of information to people that we don't know. We just we're just like that. I'm just built like that, man. My my mom's from Bed Stuy. My pop is from Chesterfield Heights in Norfolk, Virginia, bro. So it's so I, I kind of have etiquette of keeping my space what it is, secure, and I only let a few people inside of it, and I I, I just don't want to be that close to people like that. Um, they come back a couple minutes after that, um, and the whole ordeal, man, it, seemed, it, it had to be it had to be like four and a half, four and a half, five minutes around there, right? But you you told him I'm I'm Jay Farrow. Google me. You told him that. I said, I literally, I said, if you Google Jay Farrell, you see that you're making a mistake. Now, I do not know if that had anything to do with them letting me go. All I know is when they came back to me and I was in cuffs and all the officers around, the guy said, we just got a call that you're not the, you're not the guy. You can go. Of course I'm not the guy. Of course I'm not. Bro, I've never had a ticket that stuck. You know what I'm saying? 
and I, I have to say that stuck because look, I made an illegal U-turn one time and uh, sure. yo, I went to driving school and I got that off of my record. You know, I've never, but I've never had that type of um etiquette with the police with me, man. That's cra- it was crazy, dude. And um, you know, like I'm at my home now. It's so crazy that you're calling me now. We're talking now when I'm at my I'm at my my parents, the home I grew up in. I grew up here, you know. Nice long. This is my dad. This is my dad. How you doing? This is my dad's picture right here. You know, got a whole bunch of baby pictures. That's him as a little baby, you know. But it's this is this is where my security is, man. And I and I um man, when I think about all of the times growing up that I've just been spared from situations, when you think about how many times, how many times you could give thanks to God because his covering was on me, man. His covering was on me, dude. I I don't listen. I'm a Christian. I was I was born Christian. I was raised Christian. I, you know, I am a I'm a Christian under construction, meaning I, you know, we fall down, but we get up. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so you know, there is a there is a different type of, of vibe in my home. It's all family. It's all it, it's all love. There's no it's not malicious, you know, even though I have been in those situ- some circumstances. I do have cousins. I got cousins. I, my grandparents, everything. I go to the hood. But, um, you know, my parents, man, they my parents sheltered your boy. I, I was sheltered just because of where I was, where I grew up, you know. But um, it never becomes real to you, Ture, until something like that happens to you personally. You can't. Before, I wouldn't have been able to look at, uh, you know, um, Trayvon Martin the same or anybody the same because, of course, I feel bad. I'm like, man, that's messed up. That's a that's a black brother that lost his life. But it's like until you personally have something that happens like that, you will not understand the infuriation that folks have. Well, how did it change you? Um. I think, I think whereas before I wouldn't have been like, I'm like, I'm studying, I'm looking up laws, you know, I want to, I haven't started yet, but I want to take a criminal justice class. Um, I, um, just, it just makes me want to be a, a more sharper, um, individual in my environment. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm, uh, I'm studying, I'm reading up, I'm paying attention now. I'm, I'm really paying attention now. Whereas before I might not have paid attention that much because probably wouldn't have thought that that situ- type of situation could have happened to, you. To, to me, whatever. But when you were black in America, it is what it is. You're May, black in America. April, uh, May, June, July, two, mm-hmm. two, three months. Is it enough time that you can joke about it on stage? Do you see some point in the future where you're doing a bit about this a way you know prior and our heroes took that real fucked up shit that happened to them and pushed it out on stage do you see yourself able to do that now or at some point in the future definitely i feel in the future well <laughs> with corona being as wild as it is i'm i'm being i'm trying to be as safe as i can be but i would be remiss if i wouldn't talk about that i have to i have to talk about it as an entertainer it's a real life event that I went to. I have to talk about it as a black man. 
And I would be doing my fans injustice if I didn't, if I didn't say anything about it. So I have to talk about it. I, I, and I am trying to find all of the, uh, the punches through the pain. I'm trying to find that. I, yeah, where's the, where's the funny in this story? Well, I mean, like I made you laugh, like my run tracker app telling me to run and I can't, I'm down on the ground. Uh, me never having cuffs on, even in the bedroom. I've never had that. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a freak, but, you know, you know. <laughs> I've never had cuffs on before. You know, um, uh, me going to the orthodontist the next day, man, and not the next day, but me going to the orthodontist recently and the lady coming out with the thermometer gun and aiming it like this and me being like, oh, you must not watch the news. <laughs> well, you don't want to do that right now. I'm pretty hot. <laughs> you will you will get fired. <laughs> oh, I'm having a flashback. Uh, oh my god. I'm trying to fine tune and find every punch, bro, but but I feel like when I talk about this, it will be so seasoned and, and well marinated and um enough time will have passed when you see my special that you'll be like, "Yeah, I feel it." I just want people to feel me now where I'm being myself. I don't have to, <laughs> I don't got to do impressions for 30 minutes. I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I wouldn't, I don't do that in my stand-up anyway. I, you know, I do a few, I sprinkle them in and then the rest is just material because it's me talking about experiences. Whereas before I probably wouldn't have been so comfortable to talk about them. I feel, I feel comfortable enough to tell you about how I grew up. Uh, things that happen to me, even effed up situations that might have happened to me while I'm while I've been in the industry. And there have been a couple, you know, so um, I just feel like it's the time for me to put it all out, package it up and um, laugh at my pain, as Kevin Hart was saying. So it sounds to me like as an artist, you're kind of like, I'm a little I'm beyond impressions. I, I did that. I kind of mastered that. I need to move forward and be a different artist now. Is that is that kind of what you're saying? I what I'm saying is, and I would never, I would never downplay my talent because it would be like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to sound braggadocious or anything, but like if LeBron James would <laughs> would switch to uh, water polo, you'd be like, wait a second, what's happening? But if he was good at water polo. If you got a chance to see him, you were like, wait a minute, he kind of good at water polo. Wait, you do that again. It's kind of like my impressions, I understand that they get millions of hits. I understand they get the views. I understand that's what made a lot of America fall in love with me, but it hasn't done a justice uh, for uh, people knowing who I am personally. They don't, like a lot of people probably still feel like they don't know me that much. I mean, there's... <laughs> There have been claims even from my origins. Oh, he's from Chicago. Oh, he did this. Oh, two minutes of fame is his autobiography. It's not. <laughs> it's really not. Um, you know, to get kind of into it, I went on the road with Charlie Murphy when I was 19 years old. You know, I thought that was my SNL. Was it? SNL was my SNL at 22. Still, though, I hadn't had that many life experiences so the bulk of my content at the time was impressions. But you got to understand, that was like 19, 20, 21, 20, uh, the 22, 23, 24, 25. But now I'm 32. I have gone 
through so many experiences and I have to talk about them and whether people will accept me for what I'm saying or if they don't like it, I'm like, yo, it's cool because I'm comfortable enough to tell you now. Whereas before I wasn't, you know? Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. Okay, who are you? Like, who are you that you want people to know? Like, that you want people to know the person who you are? <laughs> like, who, who, who do we not know uh, who you are? I don't think... I don't think people even know when I was younger, my struggles with depression, uh, how I was a a super overweight kid, you know, um, teased a lot. Um, uh, I started acting at eight. Uh, I went to, uh, I was one of the kids that went to daycare and I was one of the last, I'd be one of the last people to get picked up. I'm sitting there in my backpack like this. And the monitor's coming out like, I stay another 15 minutes. Like, I am I am the representation of, of a shade of Black that I don't think a lot of America is accustomed to seeing because most of the time, the stereotypical Black person is portrayed on screen, television, and sometimes we don't get a chance. Now, there are shows that do show difference. Like, for instance, if you remember uh, White Famous, Yep. White Famous showed um, showed a relationship between two people who not necessarily were together, but they were co-parenting. There was no baby mama drama. There was no baby dad. None of that. It was a co-parenting situation where both parties were adults and they took care of it. And there was no drama. You understand? I'm I am not from I'm not from the hood. I can walk in the hood, but I'm not from the hood. And why is that? That's because my cousins, my people are there, my friends, peoples. I have friends here too in the suburbs, going out, <laughs> going out and uh, fishing. People don't even know I like to fish. Just normal stuff. Normal stuff. What I feel is when you're on the come up, people fall in love with your story before they fall in love with you. Right? That's what it is. You, you fall in love with people's story. We fell in love with Kanye West because we knew this man went through a car accident. This man broke his jaw. This man's parents were Black Panthers. This man was, um, this man was literally on the streets trying to promote, trying to promote help for Black people in Chicago. He was an activist. That's what he was. The story, everything he's talking about, it makes so much sense. And he did it in such a lucid way, you know, that people fell in love with him. I'll give another example. From my, t- I'll say Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson's story is one of the most, it's, it's a heartbreaking story, but it's an it's a underdog come and becoming a big dog story. If you know what I'm talking about. You see, 9-11, his father passed away. You know, he, he lost him. You know, single, uh, single mom. Mom was raising two kids. He's got a cup. He's got Crohn's disease. He's got a couple of problems, but people, but he, he doesn't, 
he doesn't try to he doesn't try to mask it. He's not being spurious about it. He'll tell you this is what it is. Yes, I have Crohn's. I have problems sometimes. There's some challenges and imbalances, but I'm going to talk about it on stage. And I I don't want to give away too much, but if we're talking about if we're talking about me growing up, I'm a, I'm gonna keep telling you more, you know. But it's the story. I think I think the next couple of specials, my story put together, it's just gonna people are gonna be like, wow, oh that's him. I'm like, yep, that's me. Ain't no weird stuff, no. but it's me. Yeah. So the person who was depressed was in comedy at 15, right? Growing up in comedy and gets on SNL at a very young age, 22. 22. Changes your life. Suddenly there's money, there's national fame, there's this high pressure weekly thing. How Mm -hmm. did that grinder change you? It turned me, it definitely turned me into a machine for pumping out material. Um, because in SNL, you have to be you have to be so well versed and you, you just have to be in the know on what's going on. So it was all me writing. I was writing two sketches a week. That's what Chris Rock told me to do. got to write two sketches a week, two sketches a week. I was like, all right, write two sketches a week. Uh, a lot of the times those sketches would be pulled, like, you know, when your stuff doesn't even make it to the table. But I would write. I would grind it out. And just having that etiquette of being able to go into an office, sit down, take a subject, break it down, come up with punchlines, make it funny, make it make sense. That's what I had started on that show. And I'm still doing it now. But that was the college. It was the, it's the college for comedians, you know. And if you get out of that, every other job after you finish SNL seems like cake because they're like you're saying. There's such a demand. There's such a um, there's such a need to constantly. You have to audition for your job every week. You ain't got to audition to be a husband every week. You ain't got to audition to be a dad every week. But on SNL, you got to audition to be on the show every week. There's not yeah, a you guarantee gotta, you'll be on the show. So you gotta fight that to just, get your ideas on there. Yeah. So wait, do so so when you wrote something. It didn't get on. Did it hurt? Of course, man. Of course. Of course you're going to feel like it hurts because you're like, ah, I find this funny. I think it's hilarious. But they may not understand where I'm coming from. They They may not get this. It may not work the fabrication of the show. It might not fit. It might be, it might be a little, it might be too crass, you know? Or there might be, uh, it, it might come off too biting and not sweet, you know? That's something that I have um, learned how to do um, now as a comedian, being older. Just not having to be so blue with things and being suggestive of n- enough, but still being funny. And still having enough, you know, it still has the kick in it. I couldn't do that when I was younger. I didn't know how. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't figure, I was, I was like, all right. I think this is funny, but it's mean, but it's funny. Come on, man. You know, you got to, you have to understand and you have to know your, your playground. All right. If it, if it's a whole bunch of unicorns in the playground, well, you can't bring a dragon. 
what you go? You, you know what I'm saying? You, you get me? Like, you just have to, you got to be so in the know of your environment. And that place, if, if I could go back in time when I was on the show, I probably would have um, tried to do that even more. You know what I mean? Try to, you know, okay, cool. Okay, what y'all watching? Oh, y'all watching Game of Thrones, huh? Okay, cool. I'm gonna watch all, I'm gonna watch every episode. You know what I mean? Just things like that. Just so, just so the levels, just so there's no imbalance. You understand? You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, what makes people laugh? Truth. Truth is always funny. No matter, truth is always funny. Now, it might not be timed <laughs> perfectly sometimes, but truth is always funny. Um, and I look at comedians, like you were saying, I look at Richard Pryor. I look at Dave Chappelle. Um, I even look at I even look at some of my big bros, like uh, bigger bros. I mean, well, closer to my age, but I look at Michael Che. I look at Earthquake. I look at I look at D.L. Hughley. I look at um, I look at Cedric. I look at everybody. See what they're talking about. They always have a chunk of material, if not the whole thing. That's that's just truthful and so real that you can't ignore it. And when you're bringing it like that, you have more power and more people will take you seriously. And I'm trying to make my stamp and my mark just like that. And oh, my God. Oh, my God, how can I not mention Chris Rock? One of my of course, idols, of you know, Chris Rock or or Bernie Mac even or um, oh, <laughs> Bernie was crazy or a Robin Harris. Or you know, Eddie Murphy, you know what I mean? Like, just, there has to be, you have to say something as a comedian. We have a responsibility as Black men and comedians to, to change, to shift the culture. We can do that. And you can do that with a joke. That's the power that we have with the microphone. We get paid. It's crazy to think how many people's lives you can change just by being creative. You know? So. What do you what do you love about making people laugh? Um, I love the fact that it makes them forget about their problems for a little bit. And in some type of way, I feel like a therapist, you know, Um, man, I always say this, man. Every day we get to live, especially now, especially now, every day that you live is a blessing. Because life isn't promised to you. It's really not. Life is not promised to you. And you've seen over and over again so many people who have not gotten the chance to live to the next day. So every time I wake up in the morning, I'm here. But when it comes to the it comes to the crowd and, and making people laugh, you're alive. You might have some problems, but I'm making you forget about them temporarily. You know? So if I make them forget about it temporarily, I've done my job and that's where I get my gratification. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. 
My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, who's your top five? stand-ups i named all, them all time i named them you know what in that order we're was it prior we're gonna push we're gonna put prior up here because he's he's up here you know yeah but you know i'm gonna I'm name these okay eddie murphy chris rock bernie mac robin harris dave Chappelle. those are my top five so Real those top. other guys are are equal and then prior is above them Prior, prior is prior is a he's man. He was just once in a lifetime. <laughs> That's never. I don't know if the, if that type is ever going to happen again. Just because of his past, man. Like he's growing up. Who grows up like that now? That's crazy. <laughs> you know. So I would say, yeah, he's here. You have the other ones right here, and then you know, I have a top ten though. Like you know, there's still people in my top ten. Like I love Cat Williams and. Patrice O'Neill and um and Robin Williams and uh George Carlin and uh who else do I like? You know, I'll even say this. Rest in peace to him, Ralphie May. You know, just you know, folks, I don't know, man. I I'm, I've been a comedy fan for a while, man, and it's it's kind of been definitely through my life. It's been therapeutic for me to be able to just <laughs> be able to just make people laugh. So, uh those folks, man, they make me laugh hard. You talk, so, so I mean, when you talk about truth and honesty, that was part of your impression 
science that it was like, damn, he just became Obama. Like, damn, he just became Jay-Z. I'm hearing fluctuations in the voice <laughs> that I didn't even remember. That is like, it's like, yes, he's nailing it. Can you just talk a little bit about some of the science of of developing him and 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 why they hit so hard? The science in developing a great impression um, is basically in your willingness to submerge yourself fully into a character. And I learned that in drama when I was in, like eight years old, started out. You know what I mean? Like as far as submerging yourself into the character. I started impressions at six, of course. But who are you doing at six? Uh, it was um, Iago from Aladdin. It was uh, uh, Sally Fields, Forrest Gump, uh, Ed, Ed, and uh, with who else? Um, as I got older, well, a little bit of Rob, little bit of Robin Williams, you know. Uh, as I got older, it was it became Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and all these different cartoon characters, and then it was then it was uh, the, your, your Bernie Max and your your Steve Irwins and. Um, Cat Williams and Ricky Smiley's characters from his prank calls. And it just, it, it was such a range. I will always just like pick, pick them up. And it, it's just, you have to practice. People don't know that. You can't just be good at an impression. You have to practice. It's just like playing basketball. Like, yo, if LeBron James, he's, oh, he's a beast. But if he, if he ain't shooting, what's, what's going on? You know what I mean? And, um, Man, impressions are funny because of the truth. If I am mirroring exactly what you're seeing, oh, you're like, wow, that's what is crazy. It, it's it's funny because it's the truth. Just like it'd be just like you talking about a it's like you couldn't uh coming up with a punchline. It's the same thing. It's the same thing because it's truth, and truth is always funny. Right? Truth is always funny. I've been yeah. told, though, Tori, I've been told sometimes in my career, earlier in my career, not now, nobody says anything about that now, but earlier in my career, I was told that my impressions were too spot on to be funny. That was my critique. You got to silly it up a little bit. And I was like, all right, but what are you going to do? You, What are you going to do with Jay-Z's voice? What are you going to do to make him... There's nothing fun. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? You have to you, <laughs> you have to be able to find some type of some type of quirk or something when you're working on a sketch show like SNL. You know, like Jay-Z, I used to take Jay-Z's voice and sometimes I would give him a New Jersey accent just to get laughs. Just to get laughs. How's yeah, that my baby, my baby Goyle, the Royal. It's hove in the royal, my baby coil. I used to do that because in the script, they're like, Jay, just go out there and do the impression. But I'm like, yeah, but it's it's good, but uh, I gotta find something. So I found that little niche, that little niche. I found it. You know what I mean? And uh <laughs> it's so funny. I heard some, I heard, I heard some people talking, like, you know, we do Jay-Z. Jay-Z don't say, he don't, he don't say girl like that. I'm like, yeah, but guess what? There's nothing else funny about him. So I have to do it. I got to make it happen. <laughs> I'm trying. Look, I'm working my job, son. Ow! <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait, what? What? 
What happened at the end? Why'd you leave? SNL? Yeah. Well, look, man. I had to take some water before I got that. Um, 2016. Well, we're not going to be. We're, we're, I'm not going to. I'm not going to BS you and tell you that there weren't uh, some problems during my run. Um, but I, I don't know if you remember 2013 when a whole diversity thing came up. And I and I spoke as the black there's black woman out there, you know that that kind of caught that. So during that time, I had to I had to prove to my job that I wanted to be there. I had to prove to them. Told me in September I had until December to get my stuff together. Yeah, you know I'm saying if not, I was going I was going to be you know whatever. Kerry Washington hosted the episode. Um, we, what does my girl say? That was a hit. Um, I got called in. You proving yourself? You're a bright spot on the show, and uh, yeah, you're killing it right now. Okay, fun, fun. Um, do I think that had anything to do with the ultimate exit? Don't know, but. I do know creatively during the end of my tenure, man, there were just times I felt like I wasn't getting on. And that was that was a ubiquitous um, opinion from everybody. They were like, yo, you even, you know, even some of the people there, they're like, yo, I don't understand it. Like, you're so talented. You you have it all, but you're not getting on, you know. So if you're not. If you got somebody sitting on the side and they really good, it's like, all right, well, you know, maybe it's the time for me to try to transition out of, and find something else. So my agency was kind of looking for a project, and that's when White Famous came up. Yo, I love that um, show. Yeah, did you you saw it, right? Oh, I love that show. Yes, thank you, brother. I love thank that you. show. When you when you went into Jamie Foxx's dressing room <laughs> and Fox was doing his thing, and I was like, yo. <laughs> yep so jamie fox shout out to jamie fox um love jamie uh but and we had talked in 2012 about doing something together or maybe it, it could have been 13 i think it was the uh whenever he hosted it might have been like spring of 2013 but how funny was it that he said hey man i want to work with you man i think you're talented i think bruh you got bro you got that Bro, you got that. You got that Eddie Murphy thing, man. This is what this Fox. This is what Fox said to me. This is what Fox said, 2013. He said, "Man, if I could work with you in some type of way, man, I want to do it, man, because I think you're talented, man. You just, yeah, man, <laughs> you got it, man." So, fast forward to 2016 when this white famous project was out there. Uh, I'm looking at a pillow right now because there's still pillows in here in my dad's man cave. Look at ah, that. There you go. Look at that. Ah, white famous pillow boy. Woo! Thought <laughs> it was gonna last more. What happened? Don't know. All right. <laughs> so, so the project came up. Tim Story was directing it. Um, summertime, 2000 summertime, 2016 summertime's there. I'm trying to find something to go to, uh, something else, whatever. Um, thinking that you know maybe 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 it's time. I talked to Will Ferrell, Will, Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell, 
And I was like, how do you know when it's your, you want to, when you want to leave? He goes, he's like, well, you just know. I was like, oh, okay. Well, dang, something's telling me something. I'm feeling something. So maybe I should go explore that. Audition for it. Uh, ended up getting it uh, over the summer. Um, sent word to SNL about it. And they were asking, could I still come in for the first week? Uh, or could I still come in and, you know, work? I was like, yeah, I'll come in for the uh, first week. We should be like, because we're, we should be shooting in like, I think we shot it in September, if I'm not mistaken. So I'll still come in, you know, first week. Um, <laughs> got a call the next day. No, nah, you, you can go ahead and do, you go ahead and do White Famous. Uh, you go ahead and do that. So it was like, it was like that. I was like, all right, cool. So it was like a, it was just like a, ah, okay. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. But you know, too, during the summers, so during the summers, your contract isn't picked up during the summers until the end of the summer. That's how it is. Over there. So you have to wait until the end, you know, um, and everybody, it's everybody. You know what I mean? Everybody, you know, it is, they give, they write, they rewrite the contracts again at the end of the summer. So, uh, mm-hmm. I say change their mind, <laughs> which is okay. I'm like, all right. But there was a, there was definitely a struggle, definitely a struggle there for me, just trying to, uh, find some footing. Um, even though 2016, dude, I think I had a lot of great, I I had characters. There was that Ben Carson impression was everywhere. It mm. was a it, 2016, 2010, and 2013 through 14. I think those are my best three seasons. In fear, I ask, could you do an impression of me? I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm still working on it. Bro. I don't have it yet. So you are in two movies I'm really interested in. Bad Hair, which I mm-hmm. talked about on this show with Justin Simeon. He told me the premise. My mind was blown and I was laughing and I was like, I cannot wait to see this. Tell us about Bad Hair. Mm. Bad hair. Uh, well, first, give it up for the 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 um the super talented Justin Simeon because not only did he write the movie, he directed it, um, and he acted in it as well. So he's getting all the bags. He got all the checks coming that way. That's how you do it. Uh, that's a good lean away impression he did. That's a great lean away impression right there. You know, that's a that's a good one because you know lean away has. She's ownership. It's ownership. It's all about ownership. The movie is set in the early 90s. It is. All right. It's about, it's about this lady who, uh, do you want me to tell you everything? You just want me to tell you the experience. What do you want? What do you want to hear? Tell me the experience. Okay. I'll tell you about the experience. I got to work with Vanessa Williams. Elle, she was amazing. She's kind of my love interest in the movie. Um, Kelly Rowland. Um, just being on a set with, with so much black love, man, and, and the concept of the movie, the, the, the wigs come to life, and they freaking start killing people. It's just a, it was like one of those fun, it's like a fun idea that, that's really cool for like Halloween. 
And I like horror. Sometimes it's really funny, and it's really funny, especially Lena Wave. She's Lena Wave got some lines in there. It's real, real funny, real funny. So it was an opportunity to work with the cast from Dear White People and, and some people who were super prolific in uh, Black Hollywood and Hollywood in general. So I wanted I wanted to be in that. You know, I was like, I gotta I gotta do it because I know this is a culture movie. I, I don't know what it's gonna do. I don't know how it's going to be picked up, rolled out. But I do know the cast is fantastic. And I get a chance to be funny, but show some drama at the same time, which I started in drama. So, Tori, it surprises people when they see me in roles like that. And they're like, you were good. I'm like, thanks, man. I've been doing this for, for a long time. You know what I mean? I mean, it seems like... It it seems like listening to your history, there was no other dream. There was no other path. It seems like it was always entertainment and comedy. And like, is that the way it is? I always knew I was going to be in entertainment as a as a child because I just had a I had a personality, and every and people would be like, "You need to be you need to be on television." But I just didn't know how to get there. I didn't know I didn't know who to call. I didn't know anything. So I kind of navigated and, and found that out later myself. Um, but when I was growing up, dude, comedy was the only thing. Comedy and rapping. Those are the only two things that I stuck with as a kid. I played guitar. <laughs> I was in Taekwondo. Uh, what else did I do at one time? I tried to be a... Uh, uh no I didn't no I didn't those are the two things okay <laughs> I was like I was trying to reach I was trying to reach I was like ah uh, there's are a punchline here where's the how punch? good of an MC are you or were you I'm I still am I I I am an MC who has followed in the likes of Jay Z Big L Big Pun um Biggie Smalls Ludacris um I would even say, Kanye a little bit. I would say, I would say some DMX. I would say even a little Drake. I love Drake when he came. I was like, oh man, this dude is dope. So I'm I'm a lyrical dude. I like J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar. That's the type can of you, music can, I can like you, listening you, to. You throwing out big names. Can you spit some? Me spit some right now? Oh, come on. Yeah. All right. That's All right, man. Come on, man. That's what MCs do. That is what we do. We ain't got no beat. We ain't got no nothing. You want acapella? Who we doing? Yeah, acapella. Because I can't Man. beatbox. I said, um, what I said, I said, if it's not about making money, conversations ridiculous. I'm quick to knock the bull-ish like Jehovah's Witness. I bear my soul like I'm walking shoeless. They say, if you don't use it, you'll just lose it. That's why I got to use my mind. That's a brain contusion. Because all this stuff could be gone tomorrow. Yeah, it's all illusion. A rapping comedy on some saying stuff. I'm just doing fusion. It's broken bones, so I'm making myself a staple in fusion. I just need a chance for y'all to film me. Color purple with this rap. I'm just feeling silly. But shit, I feel silly when I'm talented in two departments. I got a straight. I got an Iron Man, Tony Stark. I said my fam, I.O.I. like the name Partridge. Only true colors found up in an empty cartridge. Listen to me close and take a harking. We got company now, dog, so you can stop your damn barking. I'm on the path to be the effing greatest. A lot of haters. That's why I can't vacate on my hiatus. Now, we can never say a hiatus. We'll just say work, no days off. That's success. That's equation. Got to stay ahead. That's the tip. Call it penetration. 
proving everybody wrong. That's my inspiration. They starting to put out all my information. It's annoying, but everybody around me is like, dog, that just means you made it. A public figure, but I kind of hate it. I get stressed as all this work and I'm still underrated. And that just got me feeling so jaded because if your accomplishments are never acknowledged, have you really made it? I'm too conscious to be in public faded, so I do it behind. Closed doors like a bra persuasion. They say, if you rap, what we talk about? To their amazement, I got it, baby. So look who's talking now, hitting every wave like I'm trying to drown. With these women, I see through all this puss, ultrasound. I was 21, my peers said I'd be a co-kid. I prefer Pepsi products, brother. Mountain Dew, cold red. I'm like, I got too much ambition to be a red nose. This statement was ruled off the fact that only God knows, really. I'm the only person talented enough to pull a Eddie Murphy. These other brothers just say effing worthy. You heard me? Bow. Bars. What? What? And that's, ugh, man. Fire flames. What? Let me Bars, find bro. out. Bars, bro. Damn. Bars, man. It's look, man. We man, I got projects. I done turned my house into a into a music video shooting studio, bro. I'm bro, I'm man. Man, listen, man. Listen, man. I'm just uh I'm just a guy who just loves to be creative and just loves to put dope things out, you know. And but you but you you said in there. That you're underrated. You feel underrated? Uh, I mean, as far as, listen, man, I don't got like a million followers, and that's what I'm talking about. As far as people discovering the talent and seeing what it is, when they see it, they're like, oh, this is dope. But I feel like a lot of people still haven't been introduced to me yet. I, I really feel like that. I feel like there's a there's a large amount of America and the world, they just haven't seen it. And what I used to do, I used to get so jaded um, back in the day because I used to say to myself, man, man, I'm doing these impressions, man, but people have seen it. No, 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 no. A few people saw it. The world is, the world is like this. Only that pocket of people saw it. So that means you still have these people, these people, everybody over here. So shout out to my drama teacher, Ms. Shula, who taught me this quote. Um, I think it was from Shakespeare. She said, always have the illusion of the first time. So when you're doing it, even if it's even if you feel like you've done it before, if you feel like people have seen it, act like it's fresh and new, like you like you're you're performing it for the first time because people don't know. And there's always new fans out there. You know, and you know what? When, when I look at. When I look at the virality of all of the videos, um, I look at the Steve Harvey clips. I look at me just being in a, um, a, a kitchen and doing impressions, messing around and that stuff going viral. To me, it, it felt like feels kind of like low hanging fruit. But to people, they're like, no, this is dope. Do that. And I get followers from that. I'll tell you this, Torre. This is honest to God. That comedian, black comedian skit on SNL, the comedians meeting, I didn't want to do it. Leslie Jones told me to do that. I didn't want to do that. I figured that everybody had already seen it. No, that video popped, went on global TV and got 70 million hits. Whereas I'm like, this got 70 million hits? I can't. I can do this in my sleep. I do this. This is so easy. 
But it's those things that hit like, it's always what you don't expect to hit that hits. You're like, man, you got, what about this? I thought I made the greatest cake over here. Nah, you you don't want a cake. You want a rice cake. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you will eat the rice cake. <laughs> Have your little quinoa salad, okay? Fine. I'll be good. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market. Dot com slash Toray. Thrivemarket.com slash Toray. On March 16th, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamine, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but yeah, man, so I stopped, I stopped getting in my head. I used to get in my head just about uh, just doing impressions because you have so many people. And it's my fault when I was younger. Um, I'm still young. I'm so young, so young to die right now. because That's what it will say. On my tomb, that's what it will stay right now. If I die, he was so young to die at 32. Anyway, um, I got in my head so much when I was younger because I was, you know, I had never been introduced to this to the booming of social media. Like, yo, yo, of course I got a Twitter, but I never seen social media like that. And the publicist warned you, don't read it, don't look at it, ignore it. Because it will mess with you. Shoot. Yep. I was like, this ain't gonna mess with me. Wait a minute, what? What? I, what? What? My my little Wayne suck. Oh no. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can never, I was so in my head about it, but now it's like, man, I understand that the people that have followed me, a lot of them up to this point have followed me just because they've seen some impression video or something. Or some people, even some people have followed me just off a of rap. They didn't even know I did comedy. They are like, wow, I didn't know you. I, what, you on SNL? <laughs> yeah, dog. Wow. I, I came for the bars. Oh, okay. You're a real fan, man. But you have to, <laughs> you always, you can't knock your blessings, man. And I am naturally blessed with the talent of mimicry. But what I put into it, is like Will Smith says, insane work ethic. I'm always sharpening and I'm always writing jokes, always writing raps, <laughs> raps, always writing bars. You know what I'm saying? So um, 
I get the illusion of the first time now when everybody, when people ask or whatever, because I know, I know that that's what they want to see. And I feel like I can use the impression mechanism to pull them in to see me for me, who I am. So I want to talk about your next movie, but, but right now I want to dig into how do you get higher? How do you take all the fame and attention you got and get to another? Cause I, I feel like you want to get to a higher level of the game. So, you know, like, is that the goal to be, you know, to have there be Jay Farrow movies where you're above the title and, and and how do you get to that? Well, I think I'm in the best position of my career right now. I think it's starting to happen, even with um, even with me getting a nod to get an Emmy nomination, a nod to get an Emmy nomination. Like my name has never even been on the list of people to be considered to be to be nominated for an Emmy. That's what I, I wanted that at SNL. I thought that. Yo, I thought, what is my girl saying? 28 Reasons is going to give me an Emmy. Nope. What? Okay. But it's all... <laughs> it's all about... It's all about timing. It's all about um, getting people to support you and getting people to believe in you. And maybe the folks that believed in me at the time were outliers. It wasn't the people in here. It was the people on the outside. And um, I feel like going back to what I was saying and to answer your question, because I'm not I'm not I'm not deriving away from this. Okay, I'm staying staying on track here, staying on track. Um, I think I think putting out a putting out a a special. Now, when I say put out a special, I'm talking about a special like a delirious, a bring the pain uh, uh, for what it's worth. Uh, uh, Richard Pryor live, a um, one mic stand, a um, uh, there's so many, there's so many a, a rule to take when I have that, and I feel I'm telling you, man, <laughs> this next, these next couple, I just have a feeling about it because it's because I'm just I'm being so authentic. Before it's been described as this, it seems like he's up there just telling jokes before. Now, when you come see me, you're like, oh, you sitting in it. Like, you just talking. You're talking. It's funny. It's natural. I had to learn how to do that. I always had confidence, right? Always had the confidence on stage. But being confident in myself was something that I didn't really have, which relates to my character, DeAndre McDonald, believing in yourself, you know? Stage presence, of course, you can have a powerful stage presence. You can be powerful on stage, but can you be powerful to be able to put you up there fully and just leave it and say, yo, salute and get a standing ovation? I didn't have that before. You know, I'm confident. I'm confident on stage. But confident on stage and confident in yourself are two different things. Now I have both. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a stage I want to attack. It's not anybody I'm scared to follow. People be scared to follow me. Hey, you, hey, I'm gonna light it up. I've been, <laughs> I've been on the Martin Lawrence Litters App Tour, standing ovations, killing it. It was such a come around for me, man, to be able to perform for, uh, perform at the Norfolk Scope, um, 
and to be able to to be able to rock a crowd, rock the crowd, my hometown crowd with everything that they've everything they've seen or wanted me to be. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, he's got everything now. Because word around town was, oh, yeah, he just does voices. Nobody says that no more. They, they can't say it anymore. They're like, yo, you killed it, bro. Standing, you killed. Like, you were one of the best acts. So um, I think w- w- with aligning that, with uh, making sure that, making sure you don't say anything offensive on Twitter, uh, <laughs> making sure you don't, Making sure you don't make TMZ for the wrong reasons. I think all of that put together with your authenticity, I believe that is the key making to getting to that level. And I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm going there. Okay. Yep. Now, tell us a. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. All I was saying was, <laughs> I was saying, um, you you asked me about the the, the rap or whatever. I was like, yeah, that was. Well, I had those bars, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've, I've evolved, you know what I mean? Those bars I was spitting, you know, you're like, you feel underrated. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I did. <laughs> I did. I don't feel underrated anymore. You feel you feel like it's, it's about to, you're about to drop 63 on them. It's about to happen. I, I really, I honestly feel like, um, and I'm, I'm so happy now, man, to be, to be just sitting here, first of all, to be alive, to be able to to be able to talk and to just be able to inspire folks, man. When I was on two minutes of fame, bro, and me and Kat were right beside each other. Our trailers were beside each other. And when Kat called me in there, I'm, Kat is, I'm like, yo, I'm such a fan. He calls me in his trailer. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm gonna hang out with Cat William, whatever. He called me in there to take a picture with his kids because his kids were fans. That was a come around for me, man. So wait, tell us about Two Minutes to Fame because this is this is out now. Yep, right. We can buy this on demand now. Tell mm-hmm. us about this movie. Two Minutes to Fame is about a um, social media comedian who blows up, has a big following, ends up blowing up off of this uh, video where he's dissing one of the biggest comedians in the world. And that video gets them into a showcase to be able to go on the road and open up for a big comedian and make money. The problem is that this guy is working. He was working at a grocery store. You know, the only thing that he did was make videos and bag groceries and serve cheese. That, that, that's what he did, you know, but he gets fired. He goes out to he goes out to L.A. And um, it's just all you're following this journey of this comedian who's not necessarily a stand up comedian at first, but him really focusing in, keying in and becoming that by the end of the movie. And it's just such a good come around type thing at the end of it when he gets up and he does his final set and you see all of the growth, all of the work he put into it. And it just goes off. And uh, and then him and I'm not going to give it all away, but that's the that's the general that's the general. Um, and it's story you, it's Cat Williams. Who else is in it? Cat Williams, Kiki Palmer, Ron Rico Lee, Dion Cole, DC Youngfly, Carlos Miller, Kimry, Valerie Ortiz, Andy Allo, 
um, uh, from Uploaded. Uh, who else is in this movie? Um, Carmela Zambada, she has a role in the movie. Uh, Linnell Red Grant, uh, George Wallace. Every um, working comedian has a job in this. Yo, I'm trying. Look, I- I'm trying to put together. I'm trying to put together the Justice League, man. It's, it's literally like the Justice League of comedians. It's crazy. Like a you current can do, Justice can you League. Even with take a this, can you even take this group on tour? It's just it's too many. It's too many comics to go on tour. It's too many, and it will. It will all. Everybody's got their thing, so it will all be fun and all be funny, man. God, man, it's just are a you, blessing. Are you fearless on stage? Yep, I sure am now. Oh God, I ain't, I ain't scared of you. I ain't scared of you. I'm a more bitch. I ain't scared. I'm not scared. I have nothing to listen, man. Only thing, only person I'm trying to prove anything to now is me. Can you get better? Can you get better? Can you? Can you narrow it down even more and make it even more lucid? Can you do that? Can you, you know, that's what I, I challenge myself on stage now, man. Um, and of course, of course, my opener, my opener is fire too. AJ Foster, shout out to him because he's, he's on to come up and he's dope. Um, other people I have on, I have uh, Alex Babbitt. He's another young one out of uh, New York City. Nico White, very smart comedian. And very you, smart comedians, man. Do you do you ever bomb? I have. I mean, like now-ish. No, 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 no. There's, I mean, Past that. But here's the thing: you never know. You you never know from night to night. I mean, when I get when I was doing the Littest Ep tour, bro. The first date that we had was Oakland. I said Oakland. I was like, oh boy. I gotta keep my foot on their necks, cause you, you know, I said you don't want to get booed at or at, at the Chesapeake Arena. You know what I'm saying? So, my it was it, it was like a um it was like a fight for me. I was like, all right. I said when I get out there, I said I'm throwing I'm throwing right hooks constantly, never stopping. I tore it when I tell you from the beginning to the end, it was bop 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 bop, and at the end they all stood up. I said yes, yes. Cause I remember back in 2016 when I did a show. I remember, I remember being back then. I remember the bombs. I remember doing that damn show in Chicago, and I remember following uh Michael Koya, I think it was, and uh, I tried to do some political stuff. They won't have it. Shit, nope, nope. They were like, nope. He just talking about that for 20 minutes, Negro. What you gonna talk about? Looking at me like this, I was like, oh man. I stayed on that stage and I fought. And I, I did my thing. I didn't get booed off, but it was a couple of, uh, it was bad. It was, it was, uh, I was scared. That was a little scared. And I was like, whoo, almost, it's like, ooh, I almost got my ass whipped. You know what I mean? Like, but when you go out to do new jokes, you're working, right? You don't know. Maybe they won't laugh for 20 minutes. I don't, I'm, I'm working it out. But there's a difference. There is definitely a difference. And that's something else. That's something else you have to, you have to understand about. Uh, stand up in different crowds. You can't have the same energy for a crowd of 20,000 that you have for a crowd of 200 or 300 or 1,000. There are different levels. Laughs travel differently. When you do those big, you do those big stadiums and all of that, you have to space out your jokes and you have to let them land. Let your jokes land. 
believe, believe in your jokes, let them land. That's something I had to learn how to do. I had to condition myself to do that. I went on the oddball tour in 2015 and I had never done 20,000 people, never had done that. Get out of here. What? You got to pace it out. When you're doing those shows, when you're doing an urban, um, when you're doing an urban uh, show and it's 20,000 people, it's different from doing a mixed crowd with 20,000 people. It's a science. You have to know what to say and when to say and how to land it. And you have to pace yourself. And that's something, that's something I learned how to do um, even more just with the Martin tour, just pacing and believing in the joke, letting them land, letting them hit, reset, and then going again. It takes I feel that. like I feel like especially among black comics, mm-hmm. there's two types. There's the type who have great material and will crush you with their thoughts, the truth, and those sort of punchlines. And then mm-hmm. there are people who are just funny as fuck and they could read the phone book and you'd be dying. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's accurate? And which side of the fence do you <laughs> think you are on? I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna ask me which one, which one I think I am. Um, I believe I'm in a mix of both. It's two sides. And let me tell you why. Sometimes I can just take a, I can take a noise and make you laugh about it and keep bringing it back in different scenarios and make you laugh. Or I can, I can hit you with some truth, hit it with a punchline, get an applause break. So, and that's, and I've watched so many people do that. Chris Rock can do that. Chris Rock is Chris Rock is great at that. He does a good balance. But it, most of his is being is hitting you with the truth, right? Material, yeah. Dave Chappelle, he's got, I think sometimes he had the he had the silly stuff. Ah! But then <laughs> he can make a noise, but then he'll hit you with the truth. Eddie Murphy, funny as hell. He'll hit you. He hits you with he, he just he could funny. read the phone book. He's a what? Eddie Murphy could read the phone book and you'd be dying. He, he read the phone book. You know what I mean? And just and just do Bernie his thing. Mac right. could read the phone book. Yes, yes. So I think there's a, I think there's a cross. I have a little bit of both. I have some some moments where it's just like silly, and then other moments where I'm pulling you in and I'm really making you think about something. But when you get in those, when you get in the arenas, you want to just make them. You just want to make them laugh as hard as you can, as quick as you can. Is you have three jokes. And if they ain't if they ain't rocking with you after the three jokes, problems. You don't want to do that because world star hip hop is a bitch. It is. It is. It is. Once you on world star, guess what? You are. That's your portfolio. You are up there, and people will see that bomb, boy. I'm telling you. I'm. I'm not gonna say the comedian's name because that's my homeboy. I'm not gonna diss him. I'm never gonna do that. But there was somebody on the Martin tour who bombed. And this, and while he bombed, I hadn't gone on the tour yet. So I'm in, I'm in Georgia and Tbilisi shooting this movie called How to Fake a War that's also gonna drop next month. And I <laughs> I just gave a plug. And um <laughs> and I see the video and I'm like, damn, he bombed. Oh man. Cause he's fu- he's so funny, and I've seen him destroy. He's a vet, but you know you don't know if you're following somebody with a certain energy that and theirs is here and yours is here, 
it ain't going to be good for you. You know what I mean? So with all of that in mind, man, it just, it just motivated me to just be more. Yeah. So I think that kind of had something to do. It was driven off of fear. It was, it was, I was fit. I did not want to bomb. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Uh-uh. I mean, like, why is it that an experienced comedian who's got the jokes it, it more than just the head, more than just the person in front of you, why you kill one night and bomb the next night with the same tactics, the same material? Like, it it's the lineup. It's it has to do with maybe you're having a bad day. Maybe you missed a word for a punchline. You can miss one word. It throws the whole joke off. You forgot to say, <laughs> you forgot to say it. Really? Nobody laughed? Okay. 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 All right. It's just so many. There's so much that can go wrong and it's unpredictable. It's like, it's literally like being in the jungle. You don't know what's going to happen. I might be able to survive or I might not. I'm, I know I'm gonna go in there with I'm gonna go in there with my little with my uh with my Tarzan outfit on. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm gonna beat the chest, but you know if the gorillas ain't messing with me, hey, what I'm gonna do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just it, it, you never know. It's unpredictable, man. It's like the weather. So you always gotta be prepared. You always gotta be prepared with some with, with something else. Yo, what has money afforded you? Oh Lord, that's really, really nice. Jesus. Uh, well, I I have a house. Uh, <laughs> I have a house in L.A. Uh, I have an actual deed. Uh, six. I'm not going to tell how many bathrooms I have or rooms I have, but just know. Um, so not going to do that. Um, it's got me a nice. It's got me a car. It's it's got me. It's allowed me to help a lot of people. And that is own, that's been my mission through uh, my whole career, man. Like if I got something and I and, and somebody need it, you know, dude, I'm a Libra. I got a big heart. Um, it, it's been corrupted by a lot of women, but it's it's uh <laughs> it's it's still I still got a heart. Um, it, it's just helped me really just like I'm saying, help people, man. I remember I remember my ex. You know, it helped me with her schooling, you know, to get her through school. Uh, <laughs> another one, same thing. Um, it's helped me, you know, uh, take my, take my parents places that they would have never been able to go before. Um, it's, it, it's, it's been a blessing. It's allowed me to, uh, to, uh, exercise some, um, some different things in my church, you know, helping them out financially. Um, uh, man, it's just, Torre, I'm not a, I'm not a dude that's braggadocious. You don't see me with like 15 chains on and and a pinky ring and all that. I mean, you might see me with with some with some nice earrings, but you can't even you can't you can't see it. I mean, you can, but whatever, you know. But I am. I was never a person. I was never a person, man, who was who was ever braggadocious or looking to get into the industry to be like, I just want to make as much money as I can. I got into it because that kid working at Burlington Coke factory was told by everybody, you don't need to be here. <laughs> Golden Corral, you don't need to be here. 
Steinmark, you don't need to be here. PetSmart, you do not need to be here. Because the people that will come in, I will make them laugh and I will make them feel good for that little bit of time. That's all that's that's all I want to do, man. I, and I want to keep doing it and help as many people as I can, you know. Uh <laughs> meanwhile, my phone's gonna go off. Well, I heard you want to help somebody, huh? It's gonna be uh <laughs> my phone's gonna be blowing up after this. I know it is. Help me, God damn it. Request. Yeah. Yo, what yeah. is do you do you do you feel a responsibility to folks who came before you? And where does that show up in the work? You mean as far as like you mean as far as I like entertain as comedians, right? I think I'm understanding your question. Entertainers, um, comedians, as well as just you know our ancestors. Yeah, man. I feel as a black man, you have respond. You just have a responsibility to um, <laughs> to str- to show your strength, to tell your truth, and inspire people to get them on the right to get them on a path that maybe they weren't going to be on before, maybe because of their environment or what was going on. I think black men, we have a responsibility to protect the people in our community. And if we can do it, um, if we, if we can do it through talent, if you can do it creatively, either that, or whether you're rolling up to a, whether you're rolling up to a place and helping somebody out or whether you're doing it like this from a remote location, we, we have a responsibility to help the people in our community. And I think that, I think every black person should be like that. It's not like that, but it should be like that. No, it definitely should be. Um, and, okay. and sorry, before, before yeah. I'm going to first, because I, I only answered half of your question. And as far as, as far as entertainers go, um, to echo, echo what I was saying earlier, yes, as a, as a comedian, I have an I have a job to change something. Something to change. I have a I have a job to change something to 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 inspire somebody to to make to make somebody want to get up. Make somebody say, "Listen, I ain't, listen, 7-Eleven ain't for me or whatever." You know? I, I I think as an entertainer and for the folks that I look up to um I wouldn't be doing myself any type of service if I did not try to change somebody's life through my words and my creativity in some way. Um, last thing. What's your superpower? What is the thing that you do better than most people that has led to your success? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what it is, all right? And uh, shout out to my sister, who uh, who is my manager, and has been my manager since I was 19 years old. Um, who um, tell you this story? Who at the age of 21, when she was unemployed, and I had quit Burlington Co. Factory, and I wasn't going on the road with Charlie Murphy as much that had dried up. Uh, we sold her jewelry for us to get gas money to get up to New York so we could work the Chitlin circuit. And you know, the Chitlin circuit making those, uh, making $7,500 a, um, a night or $7,500 a spot. Um, I would say my superpower is humility. And a lot of people have the talent, but they're just not humble with it. 
And you have to understand in Hollywood, the way you keep working is being able to be worked with. You can never, no matter what level you are at, you can never say to yourself, I'm above this person. You can't say that. You have to treat everybody with respect. You have to be as nice to people as you can. And you have to, if you can and get the opportunity, help somebody. You have to. And I think throughout my career, um, even now, I feel like I have, like I'm saying, I've been humble and I've helped people. And I want to be able to keep doing that in a bigger way. Um, and it not to benefit myself, just just to make just to make my soul feel good, you know. So humility is my superpower, man. I'm not I'm not a cocky dude, yo. I joke, you know. Um, I got a small circle of friends. Um, I still have the same people. <laughs> I still hang out when I come back home. I still see some of the same folks, and I, you know, we'll, we'll break bread and we'll chill. I still go to my grandma's house and. She'll cook a meatloaf and some uh, mashed potatoes and some broccoli, and we'll sit there and chop it up for a few hours, man. And I think all of that and my upbringing, uh, being close to the Lord, you know, um, and me just growing up in a church has all encompassed humility. And maybe I wouldn't have been so humble had not had these beginnings. But, you know, I did. I literally, like I'm telling you, <laughs> I went from Burlington Coat Factory to going on the road by myself, to being on SNL. When you see a story like that, you can't help but be inspired and say, listen, what am I doing if I'm talented? I can do something too, you know? So, real talk, bro. Word, 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 word. That's deep, that's deep. Thank you so much. No doubt, Thank you brother. for the time. For the generosity, for the energy, for the reality, come on, truth, man. kept come it on, real. I, I don't know. Tori, let me ask you a question. Do you feel like come you on. know me a little bit better? I do. I definitely do. I definitely cool. do. What you talk about humility, what you talk about Christianity, what you talked about your background in terms of Burlington and PetSmart and the other things. I didn't know that about you. Um you know, the different things you sprinkled in the conversation about Christianity and your family that I didn't yeah. know, um, the grounding to still be, you know, cool with the peeps from before. You're not like, I'm a star. And as soon as I finish, I'm gonna call Eddie back and see what time we go in a, you know, on the helicopter. You're like, you know, I got my boys, you know, and that's my peeps from, they knew me from nothing. And it's still, and you know, just your, philosophy on comedy is very scientific and i love hearing that and just the precision with which comics talk about well you know the ac was on a little too much <laughs> and you know i i love sally but she brought your drinks out a little late so the third <laughs> joke didn't hit the way it should have because you should have been a little drunker when i hit that third joke and then you know, and, and, you know, and the guy before me had too much energy and like, I understand, you know, and I didn't say this, I said that. 
God. Like, I would, nope. you know, sometimes crazy. I'm like, these comics are crazy. Like, you really think that that affected it? They're like, <laughs> get out the booth. Because, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Because I, cause I, I've, been, I've been at the cellar. And you know, I mean, like sometimes, occasionally, you know somebody, so you're in the booth with them after they're, you know, when they're chopping it up, and you're like, "Really? You think all that is really like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, like minute, like microscope, like, um, you know?" So I mean, it's it's it's, it's thrilling to listen to, um, you know, you talk about comedy from a very microscopic, scientific perspective. You know, what I mean, like. I, I, dude, I feel like I really feel like I I have studied it, and um, I you know I've been doing it over way over ten years. I've been doing this 15, 15 years old, dude. Consistent, consistently, consistent, consistently. Nineteen on. It's been more than ten years, and, and dude, I'm a kid from the suburbs, man. I'm a kid from the burbs. I went, I went to Indian River High School. I went to Greenbrier Middle School. I went to Indian River Middle School. I went to Crestwood Middle School. My the people that I was raised up with from kindergarten to fifth grade, they were, it was mostly white people, man. Like, you know, I am I am somebody who has been put in every single scenario and atmosphere and still kept myself but thank you i just wanted to let you know that i'm just saying let me you know let me one more thing occurs to me that i just want to hear you out on what's that because it seems like like you 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 started the ball rolling at snl Mm -hmm. right you were like there's not enough black people here what's the problem there's a (laughs) lot of black people out there they're not in here what's the problem and the right. way you describe it, your career there kind of kind of got messed up in a way. You're kind of like the Colin Kaepernick of the situation. Like he started to really push the awareness, lost his dream, but now we see the overall dream, even in the NFL, is like pushing upward. Yeah. Uh, what's the problem? And are they are they doing enough now? It still seems like a sprinkling of black people in a white comedy show rather than something that really looks like America. Well, listen, listen, just like now, just, just like, just how everybody uh, was forced to pay attention to uh, the injustices that are happening across America. And it's not just us it's, it's everybody in the world is viewing this. It takes, it does take time maybe for people to wake up and see things. Maybe it just takes time for some folks, you know. Um, uh, they say when you get in a certain age, you're stuck in your ways. I don't know if that's true. I think you can, some people, the smart older people are like, I can still learn things, you know. Um, I'll give you an example. When this, when everything happened, the news broke, uh, the footage went viral for my situation. I had a lot of people from SNL emailing me saying we didn't understand what was going on with with the movement. We didn't get it until it happened to you, somebody that we care about. 
and it put it in perspective for us, you know? Then Lauren Michaels, Lauren Michaels called me on his cell phone. I, I didn't have Lauren Michaels cell phone before, you know? He called me up to check on me to see if I was okay. And we were having this conversation about change. And he said, he said, I feel like it feels different this time. Like everything is changing. You can see through every industry clearly, clearly, man, that people are now starting to shift things. I hope that it stays up and it keeps on rising. So then we're all here. We good. But it is a ubiquitous uproar and everybody is trying and paying attention now and wanting to change. And even if they don't know what's going on, they want to research and see what it is like, okay, all right, maybe I wasn't looking at that um, the right way. Let me revisit it. And, and, and let me, let me, I'm open to this. Let me try this. So change doesn't happen overnight, but it does seem like there is some definite change happening. So uh, I just believe it takes time. That's all. That's all. It just takes time. It takes time. And look at me, man. I'm just, look, you know, I mean, you think about it, man. God, that's so crazy, man. Wow. Can I say this story? Can I say this? Can I, can I talk? Can I talk to you? Bring it. Say this? Bring it. Okay. Bring it. I think about, you think about Kerry Washington in that episode, right? You think about the season 2013 through 14, when I'm saying that was, that was one of my hardest seasons, but it was my best, one of my best seasons. Dude, I broke up with my girlfriend around the same time I had that pressure with SNL. Like me and her were, we, we had broken up. That was another thing I had to overcome at the time. Um, Carrie Washington came in November, right? What does my girl say was based off of me and her breaking up. That's the thing that saved, I feel like for that time, saved my, my SNL uh, situation at that time, you know, because of the hits. They hadn't seen anything like that since the Lonely Island. And I know it gets brushed. It's, it's kind of brushed off. They took it down and put it up on their site, but it had, I think, I had like at least 18, 20 million on it. It was, it was something crazy, right? Met Kerry Washington. Kerry Washington called me up. Well, I hit up Kerry Washington uh, last winter when she was doing good times. I said, congratulations from your di directorial debut. She said, do you want to play JJ? Now, she didn't know that I was a little buff, a little more buff, but, you know, it was fine. But she, she was like, you want to play JJ? I said, yeah. And now look at this, how it all comes back together. When I was on SNL that season, all I was trying to do was get an Emmy nod, something, nomination, whatever, because I felt like I had put in good work and it was, a, it, was, it was a transition. And even the writers, the writers and the producers were all saying, we see what you're going through and you're doing great. And we just, you're just, you're just, you're doing a great job and we're paying attention to it. That moment, meeting Kerry Washington, she hit me up to do good times. And now I got an Emmy nod to maybe get a nomination. Just because of that, you think about how that comes around. And the only reason she thought about me for that part, Torre, 
It's because when she goes over to China and, and she's chilling and, and Japan and all of those places, they don't know her for scandal. They know her for what does my girl say? How powerful is that, bro? It was all, it was all in God's time. So whatever, whenever you feeling like you at a low, you feeling like, hey, I'm not where I need to be right now. How, why am I not here? Don't say that. Live in the moment. Something that I didn't do earlier. Live in the moment. Accept it. Be thankful for it. And God will give you more. And it will happen. And now I'm just so, I've been so thankful for everything that's happening and I can't do it. I'm almost tearing up because, because now it just seems like there's just so much coming. I, I got this Nickelodeon unfiltered show happening too. I got, I'm, I'm doing a movie with, with Christina Milian and, 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 and oh, God dang it, Megan Fox possibly. These are, these are real things that are happening. I'm R. Oh, Kelly. These are real things that are happening. <laughs> But it's like, man, from me giving thanks and from me sitting in the moment where I think I should have been, I am where I, I, I am now, where I'm, I'm feeling like it's elevating and just I have I don't even have even control over it because it's not it's not me. It's God. Look at God, man. That's crazy, bro. Six years. I just had to mature, baby. That's all it took. I had to get comfortable, man. That's it. So whenever you feel like, whenever you feel like, man, I want it, I'm down and out. You ain't down and out. Stay in that moment. Keep on grinding. And you'll get through it. And you'll be blessed if you're appreciative. Beautiful. Woosa. Beautiful. 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 That's a, everybody needs to hear that. Because you, yeah. you might get knocked down. Have the faith. It's easy to have the faith when you hear or hear. But when you hear, yeah, you keep the faith that you will get back to where you need to be, and Absolutely. like to have gratitude for the lows. Be thankful like, for those moments. Sit in those moments, man. All right, I'm here for a reason. What can I do? All right, it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be cool. I know I'm gonna be all right. I know I am. Uh, I mean, white famous. <laughs> they <laughs> white famous came out came out on my birthday or the day after my birthday. And then on Christmas, they canceled it. Think about that. Wild. Happy birthday. Merry Christmas. What the? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wild, bro. Wild. Wild. But it was all in the plan. That's what with a joker. It's all in the plan. Thanks so much to Jay for a great interview, and thanks to you for listening. Torres Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jackie Garifano. Our editor is Ryan Woodhull. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shanta Covington. Our booker is Claudia Jean. And we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Friday and on Wednesday with more amazing guests. 
Because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.